the 30th of August, 2007, episode 85. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. I always like to think that we have an advantage as designers. We are creative, artistic, and we have numerous options as far as what we will do with our working lives. Today we're going to talk about some of the options with a little help from an audience member and which one of those options may play into your future. All right, thank you so much for joining me once again. Uh, New listeners and old, uh, any new listeners out there? I hope you like what you find here. This is pretty much just a discussion about anything that deals with design in general. And uh, today I think is going to be a very nice topic. A special thanks goes out to Colin Finkel, who participated in the UShare program. And he actually sent in some audio clips for us to to play. So we're going to be taking a listen to those before we get into our topic. Well, actually, that will be getting into our topic. But uh, thank you, everyone, for subscribing and listening and uh, supporting this podcast. Uh, The big news. I don't have any industry news this time, but there is big news concerning Rookie Designer and the website. And that is, um, there's going to be a new website. It's going to be, of course, at the same place, but I've been designing some new pages. There's going to be a couple of different blogs in there. And, um, well, it's not quite ready yet. I was hoping to have it done by the time you're listening to this podcast, But uh, even though I'm doing this a couple of days early, I know that's probably not going to happen. So what I'm shooting for is this weekend, which would be uh, the beginning of September. And uh, I'm not going to set a date for myself because uh, knowing me, I'll set a date and then I won't meet it. And uh, not that I'm, you know, always going over my deadlines, but, you know, this stuff is in my spare time. So I can't guarantee that it'll be done on a certain day, but look for it this weekend. Uh, Just keep checking back. There are going to be some exciting changes. Uh, I will tell you about a couple of them, I guess. First of which is a lot of people have kind of mentioned that they don't really like news in the podcast all the time, and specifically industry news. I always want to keep you up to date on what's going on in the podcast. I think that has everything to do with the podcast and definitely has a place being in the podcast. But as far as the industry news, that's something that that a lot of people get other places as well. And I'm going to make a new place for that we're actually going to have kind of a news blog. And the great thing about this is it's going to be like a regular web blog. It's going to have an RSS feed, which means you can just subscribe to that and get all the news stories into your favorite reader, aggregator, whatever you use to get RSS feeds if you do. If you don't, I recommend that you do because it's a great way to get information and really decide you know, which articles you want to read and which ones you don't because it gives you kind of a synopsis of everything. Uh, one other thing I plan to do on that blog is actually do some written interviews with uh, different people in the design field, uh, whether they be you know, people that work for software companies or people who are designers themselves or trainers. Um, it's an easier way for me to get this done because I don't have to take the time to set up a time and talk with them and figure out, you know, how I'm going to record it and all this kind of stuff. So it'll be an easier way for me to do that. Uh, so that will be coming as well. Uh, another thing that I'm going to do, we always have the bullpen entry, which is usually a website 
uh, sometimes a podcast or a podcast website that I think is, is good for designers to check out. That will also be in its own web blog and will also have its own RSS feed. So you'll be able to subscribe to that and pick and choose the different websites that you'd like to check out. So just trying to make it a little bit easier for you to get the information. Uh, there are going to be a couple other pages that you might want to check out, but I will get into that later once the site is actually up. So again, look forward to that. The new Ricky designer site, um, it's been what another year. So it was about time for us to have a change up there. I will be at Photoshop world, uh, not this coming weekend, but the weekend after that, the 6th, 7th, and 8th, I believe it is, of September. It's in Las Vegas. And uh, if anybody is going to Photoshop World this year in Vegas, uh, definitely shoot me an email. Uh, I'm actually going as a member of the press, believe it or not. They actually uh, gave me a press registration for being part of this particular podcast. So that was exciting stuff. And I'm actually going to be meeting with some of the vendors that are going to be on the expo floor and uh, I'll get some some nice uh, introductions to some of their new products and stuff like that. So I'll be able to report back to you guys on that. Um, Photoshop World is a great thing. So if you had any uh, if you had any inkling of going to this thing and you're still kind of on the fence, I definitely definitely recommend it. I went last year. It was it was great. There's lots of great things to learn. Lots of great things to see there. Uh, they have the best trainers there. And being that Photoshop CS3 and uh, the Creative Suite 3 just came out. A lot of these classes are going to have new material. And I have looked through some of the classes as well, and it's not all just Photoshop. There's a whole track that's for Lightroom. Um, there's a track that's the Creative Suite track, so you'll get some uh, training in Illustrator and InDesign. So uh, it's really kind of branching out, which I think is great. But is a, it is a great, great expo to go to, a great thing to attend. So I, I definitely recommend that anybody go to it if they think that they want to go. Uh, it's not cheap. I will definitely say that, but it is well worth the money if you can spend it. So again, if anybody's going to be there, shoot me an email and maybe we'll try and hook up. I'm actually going to be hanging out with one of the listeners that I met last year. And, uh, we're going to be, uh, going to some classes together. I'm sure like we did last year. Anyways, um, archived episodes. I just want to keep reminding people of this for rookie designer. If you go to rookiedesigner.com slash rookie, on the right-hand side, there's a little navigation panel there, and there's one called Archived Episodes. That's where you find all the episodes that are no longer on the feed. I believe it's episodes 1 through 30. Um, those won't automatically come into your aggregator, so you need to go to that page to find them. If you're looking for archived episodes of Quick Tips for Designers, the ones that aren't on that feed, you need to go to rever.com, R-E-V-V-E-R.com, and uh, just do a search for either Quick Tips or for Rookie as the as the user or as the uh, author, and you'll find all those there. And there's probably I think there's like sixty or seventy uploaded there, so you can watch those there. Uh, regular programs, you share and tell a friend. You share, you will get a, a sampling of that in just a moment. And we had one a couple of weeks ago, but we have another today. Again, if you can record something and send me an MP3, I'd be happy to throw it in the show and uh, kind of throw it up as a topic. Uh, if you can't do that, you can always send me an email. You can send me a Word doc, a PDF, an InDesign document, anything you can get your hands on. Write down your deepest thoughts and feelings about a topic and send it to me and we'll, we'll make that part of the show. Tell a friend. I just ask you to tell anybody you think would uh, 
benefit from listening to this podcast. That's how we build our audience. Uh, we don't have money to go out and advertise. So you are the advertisers. You guys got to tell everybody that you know. So uh, please help me out in that way. Last thing is our sponsor today is GoToMeeting. And GoToMeeting is a very, very quick and easy way to have a meeting with people who may be very far away from you and actually be able to share your ideas on your computer screen with them watching your computer screen. So they log in through uh, their favorite browser over the internet and they can see everything going on on your desktop. And all you have to do is kind of sign up, set up your thing, and then with a click of a mouse, you're in a meeting with people who could be across the world. And it obviously saves a lot of people money because you all don't have to meet and converge in the same place. So if you want to try that out, you can go to gotomeeting.com slash podcast. That's gotomeeting.com slash podcast. And uh, sign up on a little form there and you'll be able to download it and use it for free for 45 days. Very cool technology, so check that out. All right, for today, like I said, we have a submission from Colin Finkel, who is one of our listeners. Uh, it's going to be talking about the different vocations, different jobs that you could possibly get being a designer. And uh, of course, he's not going to go into every single one because that would probably take a few days. Uh, like I said, there's lots and lots of options that we have. But I think he touches on some some very good uh, points here in going into kind of the different sections, how it's sectioned out and different jobs that you can have in each of those sections and how sometimes they're kind of related and, and sometimes, you know, they're, they're very different. Uh, we're going to listen to this and then we'll come back and make some comments on that. So check it out. Hello, my name is Colin Finkel, and what we're going to talk about today is the different design vocations. Uh, anything that we classify as design, I'll try to put a very brief definition for, and so hopefully we'll all have a more rounded version, more rounded knowledge of what the design field is. Now, talking about myself, I am a recent industrial design graduate, and I, but I've been listening to the podcast for about a year and a half, and I'm finding that all the things that I'm talking about for graphic design, more or less a lot of it um, is very attributable to industrial design. Uh, and if you want to know more about me and see some industrial design in practice, you can visit my website at www.finkel.ca. That's F-I-N-K-L-E dot C-A. Now, like I said, we're going to go through the different vocations that are classified as design. Anything that you'd hear, design after or beat practicing design, like industrial designer, graphic designer, communication designer, all that sort of stuff. Now, I think this is really important because I think there are some real big opportunities in specializing and working with uh, or in between two of these professions, um, something that could really could make you valuable. Like a graphic designer that would uh, focus on packaging, package design, that would make you really valuable because you know the constraints involved. Like making a shampoo bottle, you know how the text would wrap, you know how a 3D surface would distort a logo, that sort of stuff. Um, and that really makes you valuable, makes you able to make a lot of money. Now, just as a disclaimer, I have only experienced and worked with a few of these professions. So I'm just going solely off of my research and what I got off the web. Um, the only ones that I've had experience with is a little bit of package, package design, um, mostly industrial design because that's what I work as, and I've also worked as a graphic des designer. I worked with graphic designers. 
define what a design vocation is, we need a very rudimentary uh, definition of design. And the pick one I picked is a design is formulating a plan for a piece or a process by taking in many aspects. And I'll have to categorize these as well. And uh, DEXeiner.com has a good set of categories of the design world. And they, de they categorize it into product, design, fra graphic, fashion, architecture, digital, and art. Now, I found it really hard to differentiate between graphic design and digital design. So I merged those two categories and I dropped art. And I added something that's an outside category of design professions that could work in any of the categories. And we'll talk about that later. Now, as we go through, you'll see a few patterns. At least I saw a few patterns, and you'll probably see even more. The first is that each category has a core profession. The product category is about industrial designers. The graphic category is about graphic designers. And you'll see that always. The second pattern is that they're really struggling to differentiate between the title of someone that is accredited and has gone to university and is practicing versus someone who just does it as a hobby or is just decorating or doing something for the pure aesthetics of it. There's always a differentiation between the wording between these two. Now, the third pattern I see is that the new professions that are coming out are getting defined by what they want to focus on in the design process constraint-wise as opposed to product-wise. Like a communication designer um, is not limited by what they want to work on. They could work on a website or a manual, but they are limited by focusing on communicating and not the aesthetics. Okay, now the first category I'll go into is product design, which is obviously the one that I have the most experience in because I am trained as an industrial designer and I've worked as an industrial designer for a little while. Now, what is industrial design? Industrial design is making the 3D packaging around a product, uh, whether that is packaging the circuitry of like an iPod or making a chair or that sort of stuff. It is what the designers are to 2D, industrial designers are to 3D. We make the forms as opposed to the shapes. Um, but we're still making the same sort of design decisions that graphic designers make. We're choosing colors, we're choosing textures, we're choosing what sounds things, locations of buttons, how something is to hold, the ergonomics, that sort of stuff. Now, it can be aesthetic, but it's also about usability. Like, instead of tweaking typeface and making a document more readable, we are making a more ergonomic form, something that's maybe a chair that's more comfortable on your back, that sort of stuff. The next vocation is product design, and I think that's exactly the same as industrial design, but product design is trying to differentiate itself as something that's accredited and practicing, and um, it's more holistic. It's the marketing, it's the testing, it's the engineering of a product, the manufacturing, the whole gamut. And that's probably best describes my education because we didn't spend a lot of time focusing on aesthetics. That kind of comes um, naturally. But I don't think it's very different from industrial design. But they are trying to differentiate themselves from the art schools and the schools out of China that are pumping out, quote-unquote, industrial designers that just focus on the aesthetics and styling. They're saying product design is more holistic. It's the design, it's the engineering, it's the marketing. 
Now the next one is design engineer. And that is an engineer that is in the product design field. Mainly they come from either electrical, mechanical, or civil engineers. But they work mostly in the product prototyping and production uh, side of the coin. They're coordinating manufacturers and getting things made, making sure the factories, making sure everything, the fit and finish is high, uh, that sort of stuff. Now the next vocation in this category is automotive design. And obviously automotive design is um, designing a vehicle, but it's also designing the exterior and the interior of that vehicle. Most companies swap these our designers out, making the interior designers design, or design the exterior because it keeps them more well-rounded as opposed to um, focusing on either or. Uh, usually they get a degree in industrial design or transportation design. Um, but the interesting thing about automotive design is that the lead time, like the lead time as in the time the design is finished to the time it rolls off the factory floor, is about two to three years. And now car design sets the tone for all other product design. So it's really interesting that they have to be so ahead of the curve that uh, in terms of style and uh, what the future has to hold, because they takes two to three years before a car is ready to be made. Now, I've also heard automotive designers uh, classified as someone who's only doing styling, but um, I, that's sparing. Now, the next one is packaging design, and package design is pa designing the primary packaging of goods for protection, for portion control, for convenience, for ease of uh, usage, ease of opening, uh, for branding, that sort of stuff. And now I said primary packaging because it is what you see on the shelves. It is the Oreo box. It is uh, the stuff with all the labels, the calorie content, all that sort of stuff. Uh, whereas secondary and tertiary packaging are just as important, but are the packaging that happens during shifting, the cardboard crates, the, um, the skips, and that sort of stuff. Okay, but the next category is architecture. And an architect, not surprisingly, is someone who designs buildings, but it goes far beyond that. It's designing any built environment. And they, just as much as any design category, specializes in user needs, uh, balancing that with code requirements and aesthetics and that sort of stuff. But modernly, an architect is someone who is a coordinator coordinating structural, mechanical, electrical engineers, getting everything done, getting everything built, getting a plan together. Now, the subcategories of that are architectural technologists, which is an architect who specializes in building and construction, so making something that's very easy to implement and put up. Now, environmental design is designing something on a human interaction level, designing a built environment for that, like a store or a exhibit display or environmental graphics or something something like that. And then the next one is a landscape architect, which obviously is instead of bricks and mortar, it is an earthen environment, like a park or something like that. Now the next vocation in this is interior design. And interior design is really the practice of designing a living or working space. Now the main thing here is that it, they really want to differentiate between interior decoration. Now, an interior decorator is just concerned about the decor and look and the feel. 
Um, whereas an interior designer is interested in the decor and looking and feel as well, but they are interested in the psychology, the codes involved, um, user needs, the materials, the cleanability, all that sort of stuff. In the U.S., they've gone as far as you have to be state certified to use the title interior designer in 22 states. Well, that's interesting. The next category is graphic design, and obviously because of the nature of this podcast, I think we have a good understanding of what graphic design is. So I'm just going to jump into the tertiary or vocations here. Now the first one is information design, and that is really synonymous with graphic design, but it's more slanted towards uh, conveying information more effectively and not being so much about the aesthetics. Now the term information design was coined by uh, London firm Pentagram in the 70s to distinguish themselves like, look, we're not just about making something look pretty, we're about making it communicate more effectively as well. Now, communication design, as you would have guessed, is, is pretty much the same as information design. It is slanted towards communicating the content as opposed to the, about the aesthetics. They are trying to convey a message in both information design and communication design. On the other side of the coin is graphic arts. And graphic arts is also a graphic designer, but it is more slanted towards the aesthetic and emotional appeal. It's the postmodern. It's the reaction the uh, to what you see, trying to convey certain attributes and that sort of stuff, and not being about the message almost at all. See, a graphic arts person could be do a painting on a wall, something that you'd hang purely for aesthetic uh, purposes whereas a communication designer wouldn't do that sort of thing the next one is brand identity and developer uh, it is someone who writes all the visuals for the consumer message uh, from a brand anything that a consumer interacts with the, uh, the brand is going to be done in the way that these brand identity developers specify. Now they are writing the documents that are the DNA of the brand, the essence of the brand. And what they are trying to do with that DNA is they're trying to associate the brand with attributes they wish their products had or they think that their products would sell more if they had. Like um, like the Hummer H2. They're trying to associate the Hummer brand with being rugged. Now is the H2 very rugged? Uh, you could argue either way. And it's not just about graphics. I've included in the graphic category because that is the meat and potatoes of it. But HP, interestingly enough, specs out all of the radiuses on the corners and the finishes and the colors, even before an industrial designer puts pencil to page and designs the product because they want all of the their products to be seen from any angle and say, yes, that's an HP. That may have changed since they emerged with Compact. Now, the next vocation is instructional design, and that's using graphic media to explain how to do something. That's not necessarily the IKEA instructions that we're all used to. It could be textbooks as well. Anything that is to uh, help someone do something better. Now, the interesting thing about this is it is cognitive psychology, balancing cognitive load, which basically means that you're not trying to include too many steps in one of the graphic steps because people are going to wake up. People are going to uh, forget screws and that sort of thing. 
But you better know your stuff if you're going to be in instructional design because it can be tested clinically very easily to see how effective they are. You just compare people in a lab situation that have the instructions to, and get them to do a task and people who don't have the instructions to see how much better they perform. Now, if you're a good, if you know your stuff in instructional design, you'll, there'll be a big difference between those two groups. Now, this vocation is web design, pretty much straightforward, designing web pages. Um, I think we all are pretty familiar with that. So I'll just move on to motion graphics. Now, motion graphics are people that are trying to take, the, make the illusion of transformation or animation with graphics. It's just an illusion because it's just a set of still frames that they have designed, but it is perceived as something that's morphing or moving. Uh, motion graphics is to graphic design is what animation is to illustration. It is what taking essentially 2D and static and expanding it and moving it into movement and to making it transform. Now, the big players in this are Adobe After Effects, Flash, Cinema 4D. Those are what you typically use. Now, technically, a filmmaker, uh, like a director or something, would be a motion graphic artist because they are making moving graphics. But um, traditionally, it's make, making text, logos, that sort of, and shapes move. Now, before there was accessible, really powerful computers like we all have on our desks today, it was extremely expensive to do motion graphics, so it was done very sparingly. Now I think it's kind of swung the other way. The pendulum has swung the other way. And now we're seeing things animated so frequently that I think that there are some things that would be better off if they were left static, as they would have been in the past. Now the next category and the shortest category is aesthetics and decorating. And it just has, just has, just has two vocations, fashion design and costume design. Now, fashion design obviously is designing anything that is clothing or accessories, but it has built-in obsolescence. That is the definition of fashion. Something that is in fashion now will be out of fashion at some time in the future, or else it isn't fashionable. Whereas costume design is exactly the opposite. It, it does not have any built-in obsolescence. It will be as, quote-unquote, in fashion now as it will be 20 years from now. So consequently, it's all about the f uh, function of the garment, like a work boot or a coverall or something like that. So those are the two in that category. Now here's the category I added, the outside category. Either of these vocations can be used in any of the categories that we've talked about so far. Now the first one is interaction designer, and it is designing the behavior of someone when they're faced with a system or a design. You, typically, these are software, products, mobile devices, um, environments, services, wearables, or even organizations. Now, I used to be in retail design. There was a lot of emphasis paid to making someone walk through the store. That was the behavior that they wanted when they came in the entrance, as opposed to just going to get their one thing that they want in the store and then coming right out. They want to walk them through the store and try to get them to buy as much as they can. Uh, now, this would be interaction design. But normally it's just making processes and behaviors less complicated through use of um, subtle uh, things in the design. Now, experience design is the other side. It's designing the feelings and reactions to a system. Basically, what interaction design is to behavior, experience design is to emotion. You're trying to do the emotional affect 
when you're faced with a design. And so obviously there's a lot of psychology involved when you're trying to make someone feel something as soon as they see your design. Now, that's all I have. That's the last vocation that we're going to get into. Now, again, my name's Colin Finkel, and uh, if you want to see some industrial design in practice, you can check out my website. It's www.finkel.ca. That is F-I-N-K-L-E dot C-A. Hope that was interesting enough for you, and thanks for letting me share. Bye. Just want to send one more big thank you to Colin Finkel for sending that in and uh, dropping some knowledge on us. Again, that was part of the UShare program, and that, of course, is if you're able, if you have any method of recording some audio, getting it into an MP3 or any kind of any kind of file, really, any kind of audio audio file that you can get to me, that is, you know, decent decent quality at least. Then please, please do that. I'd love to make it part of the show. Anyways, uh, I think he brought up some really good topics there. So talked about some of the different uh, vocations that you can go into. The first thing I wanted to comment on is titles, job titles. And what do they really mean? Sometimes they mean a lot, sometimes not so much. Um, And one of the things we're talking about here, and I think this is going to kind of relive a conversation that we've had before, but maybe not in as much detail, and that is, are you specialized? Some careers are based on having very specific knowledge or knowledge in a very specific area. And one of the ones that Colin brought up was packaging. Packaging maybe to some who haven't done much of it, can seem like, well, you know, it's just print design. It's just kind of folded up in a certain way. But I think packaging is something that people don't realize can be very, very complex. Uh, If you're talking about a box of crackers, obviously, I mean, we can pull that apart. We can see that there's different flaps that get glued together. It's not that complicated. When you start getting into package design, and and one that comes to, to mind and uh, hopefully I don't get thrown under the bus for for gushing about Macintosh again, but or Apple. One of the packages that I think is really, really elegant, and I think all of their packaging is uh, not only design on it, but the design of the packaging. And the one that comes to mind is, if anyone has an iPod, you know that little box that it comes in is pretty crazy. It's pretty cool. You open it up, uh, there's all kinds of folds and and just different areas where the cardboard kind of dips down and makes little areas for, you know, the, the iPod to fit for the guides to fit for the, the headphones to go in there. Uh, the other core that comes with it. I mean, just the way that thing is put together, it's very, very complex. And, you know, while you think about, okay, I could look at that, I could deconstruct it and I could, you know, remake that thing. What if you had to, what if somebody just handed you an iPod and all the wires that go along with it and said, make an elegant solution for this, make a box that looks very nice yet has a compartment for everything and uh, really, really gives off a certain vibe. It's, it's not something that's so easy. And you think about this, this is a position that you would probably have to be pretty, pretty specialized to, to do well at. Uh, another one that I've brought up in the past is the 3d gaming industry In 3d gaming. People don't do everything themselves They don't make a video game character and make the way they look and make the way they move. Those are all separate jobs. Somebody models, somebody makes the model or models the character. Somebody puts the textures on that character. Somebody does the animation for the character. 
and somebody makes all the background graphics for the games, the environments, these are all separate jobs and everything gets passed on to the next person. So another example of, of a very specific, very specialized type of career. Now on the other end of the spectrum would be something more like what I do. And um, maybe it's not the best way to say it, but I'm going to say designers that are more well-rounded. Not that the other people aren't well-rounded, but they use a very specific set of skills for their job. Whereas somebody like me, who's just an in-house designer for pretty much the only design guy at the company, I have to wear a lot of hats. I have to do a lot of different stuff, which means I have to know some print. I have to know some web. I even have to do some video sometimes, some multimedia. I have to do pretty much everything. I have to be the everything guy. Otherwise, they have to outsource it, and it's going to cost 10 times what it would cost if we kept it in-house. So that's kind of, uh, like I said, the other, the other end of the spectrum, the other side of things. So which side do you want to be on? That's something you definitely have to start figuring out and definitely start figuring it out while you're in school, maybe. Or, you know, if you're in a job, in a particular job, and you think it's time to move on, where do you want to go? If you're specialized, do you want to move into something where you learn more different things? Or do you want to stay the same course and just work for a different company and switch things up that way? Really, there's jobs for both, but knowing several di disciplines obviously gives you more options. More options in that I see more and more every single day because I'm always looking through the, uh, you know, through Craigslist or through Creative Hot List. I'm looking through the, the want ads and seeing so many jobs that are asking you to do multiple things or have multiple skills. They want you to be able to do print and web. This is very, very common these days. Whereas before, I don't think it was. I think people were more specialized in these things. But more and more people are knowing all these things. Uh, they're making the suites now. I mean, I even got the, the design suite or the print design suite or whatever it's called, and it comes with Dreamweaver and Flash. It's just the way things are going. Um, so there's that to consider, but also just knowing lots of different things. Uh, you're going to have more options. You're going to be able to go out for more jobs. It doesn't mean you're necessarily going to get all those jobs because it really depends on your training. Training at my school was kind of like you learn a lot of everything. Then you have a couple of different uh, paths that you take to be a little bit specialized. Um, there's definitely schools out there where you specialize only in one thing. And there's really advantages and disadvantages to both. But, you know, you got to weigh that out yourself. And I guess we're even moving further backwards because now you got to figure out what you're going to go to school for and what school you're going to go to. Are you going to go to a school that was more like mine where you learn lots of things, you know, lots of different disciplines, but you don't know them as well as you would know one particular one if you just studied that one the whole time? Which brings us to our next topic, which is moving back forward, I guess. And that is what's the right job for you and why is it the right job for you? And I'll start this with another question, which is how do you know when you're in the wrong job? Now, it's easy to say that, you know, if you're not happy in your job, that it's time to move on and find a new job. But you got to take into account the fact that there's people all over the world who work jobs every single day that they hate. 
things are a bit different in design though. I think, um, you know, somebody who just, you know, fills out spreadsheets all day can hate their job and still do it effectively in design. When you're unhappy, when you're, when your spirits are down, when you're not challenged enough, your work is going to suffer because what's inside of you is what comes out in your designs. And if you're depressed, then you're, you're just not, it's not going to come out the same way. It's not going to come out as well. So I think there's something more to be said for design professions and somebody being happy in their job, feeling like they're, they're getting what they want out of the job. I thought I'd kind of go over what my ideal job is, and it's not necessarily like what the job is or who I'm working for. It's more kind of basic concepts, which are, do I learn something every day? It doesn't matter how small it is, but am I learning at least one thing? And I've said it before, I'll say it again. You should always be learning something every day, whether it be just from doing your work or from maybe taking a five-minute, ten-minute break and reading part of a book, doing a tutorial online, watching a video on, say, lynda.com. You should always do that because you need to constantly learn new stuff every single day. A lot of times you'll get in a job that will teach you things, and that's, hey, there's nothing better than that. Learning on the job is the best way to learn. But, you know, if you do have to take that time out by yourself on your own initiative and learn something, then do that too. Um, am I constantly challenged and forced to grow? Am I dealing with new things, new things that I might not have uh, had to deal with the day before or the week before or the month before? And these things are the things that, that help me to grow into that better designer because I face this different situations and I know how to get through each of them because I've been through it before or, you know, I've been through something similar, but um, I'm just building on that knowledge that I have to, to make things better for myself and better for my employer because I now know how to deal with something new. Another one is progressing forward. We, want, we always want to be progressing excuse me, we always want to be progressing forward and not relying on the same methods that we always use. Uh, we talked about this a, a little while ago, not getting into that same workflow, that same method where you're doing everything the same every single time because um, things get stagnant. Things get very boring that way. It, sometimes you got to throw a monkey wrench in there and just kind of change things up a little bit and you'll find that it's, it's really going to maybe spark something new uh, give you new ideas, at least give you new options of how to uh, improve your workflow or just do things a little bit differently so that uh, so that it doesn't become stale to you. And that goes for your the methods and the, and the processes you use. Uh, some professions out there are completely based on processes and doing things exactly the same way every single time. Again, I think designers, design jobs really differ in this is in that, that, you know, we do have certain processes and it's good to have structure to the way you do things. It helps you to know how long it's going to take you to do things and it helps you to, to get through. But there are certain areas where we really can go outside the lines there and, and change things up for the better for, for creativity's sake. Uh, the last one I had is that you eventually gain more responsibility and power. If you're not moving up in a job, and this goes for pretty much any job, if you're not moving up in a job, then you're pretty much going nowhere. And if that's the case, then I think that's a good time to say, hey, maybe it's time to move on to somewhere else. You need to be able to 
gain that responsibility. And first of all, that's a, a great way to get a raise in pay, which is, which is always a, a benefit as well. But you don't want to, and, and at, at the risk of offending some people out here, you don't want to just be that person that, that does whatever you're told. Because pretty much you're a production artist then. And some people like production art. I enjoy doing it from time to time. But I would not want that to be my final job, the job that I have for the rest of my life. I want to get to that plateau to where I'm making decisions about what the design is going to be, how it's going to look, you know, what it's going to cover, how it's going to convey the information that it needs to convey. And uh, with responsibility comes power as well. You know, maybe you'll get into some kind of uh, manager or director capacity. And, you know, some people might not want that. Sometimes I think, you know, I probably wouldn't want that because it's nice to, to just be one of the worker bees. It's something completely different to have to manage a whole team of designers. So maybe that's not up your alley, but you at least should be moving up, you know, in your own job, in your own ways. The last thing I wanted to harp on here was you're going to have bad days. You're going to have bad weeks. Uh, I can speak personally on this because lately I've been having some of those. And, you know, this really isn't an excuse to quit. It's not a reason. It's not a, a valid reason to want to quit your job and get a new job just because things are rough. Sometimes you're going to have like 10 projects going on at the same time. You're going to be dealing with people you don't want to be dealing with. They're going to make your life hell. But, you know, you just got to work through it. There will, there will be times when, you know, things maybe slow down a bit or times when maybe you're working on things that are a little bit more interesting or times when you're working with people who are a little bit easier to work with. And you'll understand that, you know, that job isn't, isn't so bad. It's not as bad as you thought it was. So you just got to kind of work through those times sometimes because they're going to happen. Um, I guess I almost feel silly sometimes saying that, you know, because being a designer is such a great job. We have such, uh, an advantage over everyone else, in my opinion, because nobody else gets to use creativity as much as we do, with the exception of maybe, you know, artists, uh, recording artists or movie stars or anybody like that. But it's a great job. You know, even if we're sitting in an office in a cubicle, we're still having more fun than the person next to us. So um, talking about bad times might sound a, a little strange, but they do happen. They do happen for sure. And sometimes you just got to work through them. The keys to the game. Our key command for today is to hide edges in Illustrator. And this is something that can actually cause some problems sometimes if you're just kind of uh, not paying attention to what you're doing. And the way this happens is you're in Illustrator. And what I noticed is there's a difference in, in Illustrator CS3. But as far as I remember, somebody can tell me if I'm wrong. In Illustrator CS2 and below, when you hide the edges, you can't see the bounding box around your objects. Meaning if you click on it with the selection tool, um, there's there's not the little boxes around it that allow you to scale it. Or it seems like they're not because you hid them. Now in CS3, 
I try to recreate that same thing and it didn't work. It actually gives you the boxes no matter if the edges are hidden or not. So I, I think that's kind of advantage. I think that happens. That probably happens to just about everybody. I know it's happened to me before where you're like, oh, how do I scale this thing? There's no boxes around it. And you just kind of forget that you hid the edges. Anyways, sometimes it can help you out though uh, if you don't want the clutter of all the edges around every single object if you have like tons and tons of objects on there. So the way to do this is on the Macintosh, you're going to use Command and H. And on the PC, that's Control and H. I have a new book report for this week, and uh, the one today is the CSS Anthology, 101 Essential Tips, Tricks, and Hacks. And this one is written by Rachel Andrew, and this is the second edition of this book. And uh, it is put out by SitePoint. Uh, this is another one I was sent to review, and let me tell you, I went through this pretty quickly, and it's a great book. It's a great, great book. And... If, you, if you're somebody who uses CSS all the time and you know it inside and out, um, I'd say you could probably learn a thing or two from this book still, but it might not be up your alley. If you're like me, you're kind of intermediate. You don't know everything there is to know. You're probably going to know some of the stuff in here, but uh, first of all, it's going to give you a good review and it's going to add some more to your knowledge. Uh, I definitely learned a few things from this and uh, use it quite a bit. Uh, I'm actually in the middle of starting to redesign a whole very large website. So it came in very handy because the last time this website was rebuilt was about three, four years ago. So not a whole lot of CSS was used because it wasn't really supported in the browsers back then. So we're trying to update and get everything into CSS. Uh, one of the best things I, th I liked about this book, I'd found it online a little bit, but it goes into depth into the box model hack which uh, if you don't understand that at all, don't worry, but it's kind of a, a way of fixing your layout in Internet Explorer because some of the older ones really, really jack it up because they don't interpret the CSS the correct way. So that was one of, uh, one of my favorite chapters, of course. But um, definitely beginners and interme intermediate users alike will really get a lot out of this book, and I highly recommend it. Um, like I said, I went through it pretty fast. It's written very well. It's easy to understand. The The chapters are very short. It's very, it's a, it's a quick read. Uh, let me see how many pages it is. I think it's a few. Yeah. It's almost 400 pages, but I got through it in a couple of days and was already employing all the techniques inside of it. So uh, if you're wanting to learn more about CSS and if you're in web design, you absolutely should know all there is to know about CSS. This is a great, great start for you, and you should definitely pick it up. I will put a link and a little mini review in the show notes, but a link where you can go buy it from uh, the cheapest place I can find, usually like Amazon or somebody has it. So I will put that in the show notes for you and uh, check that out if you want to learn more about CSS. So I have a couple more topics here. I'll try not to go too long here. Um, the first of which is the advantages that we have as designers. I kind of alluded to this already. I think it's great to be in the de design position or profession because we have advantages over other professions that are out there. And the design field is really set apart by the people that make it up, I think. Um, there's several different routes that we can take. Uh, you could say that you could say that about other professions as well, but I think it really takes on a new meaning 
in design. Uh, I've kind of been harping on this one theory that, you know, design is really inside of each of us. It's, it's something that's I think is a little bit different than somebody, like I said, who goes to work and works with spreadsheets or writes, you know, documents each day. Uh, I wouldn't say that that's something that, that your heart is really in, but design really, really does come, I think, from the depths of you. It comes from your heart. It comes from your inspiration. And uh, I think that's really kind of a special thing. Um, there's re- really a lot of jobs out there that only take a small jump in skill to make the move to. Um, proof in point, I was working in print design for about five years. I'd always kind of dabbled a little bit in web, but never really took it took it on full force and just re- recently made that move, what, about eight months ago now? And uh, things are going good. You know, I'm learning stuff all the time. I wouldn't call myself a web guru by any standard, but, you know, I, I think I'm doing a, a decent job at least. And there was some adjustment. I mean, we had a whole episode about what it takes to, to make that jump. And it wasn't easy per se, but it wasn't the hardest thing in the world either. Because although all design jobs are kind of different in their own ways, and they make use of various techniques, even in the beginning stages of what you're designing, the, the core of most design jobs are similar. It's those first couple of years that you're in school or that first year that you're in school and in the things that you learn then of how to take that inspiration, how to take what's inside of you and design something that's functional, that serves the purpose that you need it to serve, that communicates the information that you need it to communicate or the feelings that it, that it needs to communicate, you know, whether that's going to come out in a web page or whether that's going to come out, you know, in the form of a car when you start in that beginning, in those beginning stages, a lot of things are very similar about the way we go about our job, which makes it nice because even, even if you're have been in a job for five, 10 years, I've heard it several times before people have two to three careers in their lifetime. And it's just because you get sick of doing the same thing over and over again. Now that might not be as common in design, but I think it can be as common because it's easier for us to jump around and maybe move to different types of design positions, which I think, again, it really gives us that advantage because it's not as hard. We don't have to go back to school and start from square one and learn everything there is to know. We've already got a basis for what it takes to design. We just need to learn now how to design for that different medium. So again, I think we're at a very distinct advantage to those in in different careers. So since we've gone through all this and broken down, you know, several different vocations that you might be willing to go into, what what are the advantages of of going into certain ones or being more specialized or being somebody who does a few different things and uh, what it takes to get by in those kinds of jobs? Now you're really left with the decision. What's best for you? What is it that you want to do? Because again, you want to be happy in that job. You want to be challenged. You want to grow as a designer. You want to be stimulated. Because if you're not, then things are going to start going awry. So what is what is that path that you need to take? And this is a great topic. I thought this was a great topic to bring up uh, by Colin. For those of you who maybe just be getting out of school and looking for a job, or even be in school and trying to decide which path you're going to take, or maybe choosing a school even. Like I said before, some schools are different. 
Some schools get you on that straight and narrow path to one particular, very specific job. Others may give you, you know, lots of different areas of knowledge uh, to which you maybe can bounce around a little bit, but maybe you won't be so specialized in one thing. So uh, all all decisions that that you definitely have to make at different stages, and uh, I think it's it's very common as well for people who are already in school to maybe change their mind a couple of times. Uh, I know I certainly did. In fact, it, I changed it so many times that I kind of took a break from school for a couple of years before I actually went back and knew what I wanted to do. So uh, I would say also don't expect that you'll just know right off the bat what's what's right for you. You might have to try a couple of things out before you know that. So, uh, but at some point, I really think it's it's really going to be advantageous to you to make that decision so that you can get the right training and and really focus on what it is you need to learn, what you need to know to get that job. Uh, for those of us who have been in jobs for, you know, a couple of years, five, 10 years, maybe also a good topic because, you know, maybe we are ready for that second career now. Maybe we're ready to make the move. Um, maybe you've been in print for 10 years and you'd like to try your hand at something different. Maybe it's getting a little old for you. So I think it's a great topic. Um, it's always good to know what's out there. And like I said, this field is changing, ever changing all the time. So, uh, you never really know what to expect and it's good to know what's out there at times and what it takes to get these different jobs. Just know that you have options out there. Like I said, uh, it's not, it's not that big of a learning curve for us to move to different positions. Um, you know, some are, some may be a little bit easier. Uh, if you're moving from print design to making cars, that's probably going to be a pretty big jump and uh, not everybody's going to be able to make that one. But from the core, communication design, really, the, it comes from the center of you. It's what you create, the basic skills that you have, that you utilize to to make a design are going to be pretty much the same throughout all these different vocations because it's it's really what comes from you. It's really what comes from inside of you in your heart, in your inspiration. And uh, that's what makes this such a, a great profession. Now that's what I call a rookie mistake. Our mistake tip for today is just kind of a reminder, or hopefully it's a reminder. Your job will never be a cakewalk. <laughs> you're never going to like your job all the time. We've kind of talked about, you know, you're going to have bad days. You're going to have bad weeks. Uh, this is not a reason to, you know, throw in the towel and decide it's time to go find a new job. Jobs are never going to be easy, even if they are fun design jobs. Uh, if you work with non-design people, you are certain to have a job that has changed more than 10 times. This is just kind of the law of the way things work. So uh, you better get used to that one. I, I had this recently. I have a newly constructed marketing team that, that is kind of asking me for certain things. And um, well, they claim that it's because that they haven't worked together long enough, but I've been creating things and one person comes back with edits and then the next and then the next and then the first person comes back with a second round of edits and before you know it i've redesigned this thing or i've made edits to it about 15 times and it's a waste of time and it's frustrating but you know you you can't fly off the handle and just you know tell them where to go 
you have to kind of work with them and it's something that's annoying but it's it's bound to happen um, you will need to communicate with those outside of your world and this goes for most jobs now I have actually encountered designers who work for you know marketing agencies or advertising agencies that are kind of an untouchable like they won't even give you the phone number for the designer you have to go through you know one of the reps or somebody like that um, that is a plus job <laughs> because they don't have to deal with clients and uh, there's there's not going to be a whole lot of jobs out there like that now some of them do I, I think ad advertising agencies usually do that because they like to hire that middleman person that can explain things to the customer in a better way. We're not necessarily known for the communication skills that way. So you might you might elude that that way, but you know a lot of jobs do require you to speak with customers, to speak with vendors, these types of people, and it's really something that maybe you're going to have to get used to. I certainly did. Now some good things can come out of that. Uh, the printer that we use at my full-time job has become a, a friend of mine and he went on to actually become vice president of you know his own printing place and now I have a, a good relationship with him and that can be that can work out in my favor let's just leave it at that so it's it's really going to be to your advantage to be talking to these people out there in the industry and it might make you some some very important friends that you can utilize at different times. So don't be afraid of that one. Um, last one I had is some clerical or managerial tasks will most likely be in your job description. We don't always get to be just designers all the time. Sometimes we're going to have to, you know, like I said, manage accounts with with outside vendors. Um, maybe do some things that are seem like they should be outside of our job title, but we can't have the attitude that we're above it. You just gotta, you gotta do what they ask of you and uh, try and do the best job you can. Things are getting a bit out of hand. Looks like it's time to go to the bullpen. In the bullpen today, we have a new resource, a new website, or new to me anyways. I don't think it's very new because looking at it, I can see some old stuff on it, but uh, I recently got uh, a newsletter, an email newsletter from Peach Pit. Peach Pit Press, I think that's been in the bullpen before. They, they uh, put out lots of great design books. But I got this email, and I'm not sure why they just sent it now, because like I said, it does look old. It's called the Photoshop Reference Guide, and it's a little online thing, and it's hosted by Matt Kloskowski. And it's basically some tips and techniques and stuff for Photoshop. Well, the reason I say it looks like it's old is they have Photoshop CS on there. They have Photoshop CS2. Uh, Photoshop CS3 and Lightroom just got put up there. They have some new video tutorials. Um, somebody was just asking me. Somebody sent me an email, I think. And they were asking, where can I find... You know, I don't have Photoshop CS3 yet. Where can, where can I find training for CS2? Well, here you go. They even have training for CS as well. So if you're looking for some of that older training, you haven't upgraded yet, you can definitely find some stuff here. And uh, Matt Kloskowski is an excellent trainer. Um, if you watch Quick Tips this week, I actually borrowed one of his tutorials. But uh, excellent, excellent trainer. He is uh, going to be at Photoshop World as well. Uh, he works for uh, NAP, so he's definitely at all those functions as well as he's one of the hosts of Photoshop TV. So, um, 
cool little website though. Just anywhere you can find these these little references where where you can get free training, I think is a great thing. And of course, Peach Pit is a great place to get books as well. So check that out. Oh yeah, uh, the URL for that is kind of messed up. So just go to rookiedesigner.com/rookie. Look in the show notes uh, for episode eighty-five, and you'll find the, the link in there. All right, so that's it for this time. A couple more reminders. Um, you can contact me if you need to. You can email me at adam at rookiedesigner.com, myspace.com slash rookiedesigner if you're up there. You can Skype me. Uh, my username is titanstrides, and uh, just send me an IM that way. I do not have the message machine anymore, so if you call, you're most likely not going to get me. And, of course, the forum, rookiedesigner.com slash forum. And you can find that there. Hundreds of great designers up there sharing ideas, uh, giving answers to questions. It's a great thing to participate in, so please do so. Side note on that one, if you sign up, this goes way back into lots of other stuff that I won't get into, but dealing with spam. If you sign up and it's been like a few days and you haven't, your, your form registration hasn't gone through, please contact me. Um, I'm being very stingy about this. If anything smells like spam, I'm just tossing it. So chances are if you sign up and it's been, you know, like a week or so and it's still not gone through, I may have accidentally thrown you away because I didn't know that you were a real person instead of a spammer. So please, you know, just send me an email if that happens and I will be sure to get you signed up properly. All right. Uh, Thank you guys for listening again. I really, really appreciate you stopping by and uh, lending me your ear for, you know, the hour or so. I don't even know how long this is. Probably longer than that. Anyways, uh, special thanks to Colin Finkel as well. Thank you again for sending in that submission. And thank you everyone for spreading the word about Rookie Designer. really helps me out. And uh, just remember that everybody's a rookie before they're an all-star. That one's high. It's got the distance. It's...